Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Great to see you all. Great to be in church with you. Hope you've had a good week. Believing for a great week next week. God is very good. Yes, he is. So, we're in week three of our By My Spirit series. This series is a series about the Holy Spirit. Who he is. Now, who he is, of course, is God. He's part of the Godhead, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And what he does. And uh, I know personally, for me, I would be lost without the Holy Spirit. I love fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Yes, so. The world around us is hungry for spiritual answers. Did you know that? Have you found that? The world around us is hungry for spiritual answers. And the good news is is that God has made us competent ministers of the Spirit. God has made you a competent minister of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.6 says, He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, that's religion, kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. That verse says that It means that he has equipped us with the power to be ministers of the Spirit. God has equipped you to be be, with the power to be a minister of the Spirit. This competency comes from God, not ourselves. It's him. It's all him. This power comes from the Spirit, not by us trying harder or trying to muster up our own power. Not by force, not by your strength, not by your pushing, not by your striving but by the Spirit. Many years ago, Paul and I were in Paris and we did what you do when you go to Paris and we went to the Eiffel Tower. And I can tell you, this is a true story, there are 674 steps to get to the second floor. You can't go any higher if you're part of the public. There are over a thousand if you go to the very top, but you're not allowed if you're not special. And we definitely weren't special. So we only got to the second floor. And, you know, once you get to step number, I don't know, 100, you can start to feel it. And then you've got to push. And you've got to keep walking and keep walking and keep walking, you know, get pushing to get to the top. I liken that to trying to live our life without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's hard work. It's hard work. But you can go into a building, not the Eiffel Tower, but you can go into another building, high building, walk in on ground level, press the button, and there you go, you're at the top before you know it. That, I liken that to living with the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who gives us, the. he is the one who, who helps us, who walks with us, who changes us. Not by force or strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So how do we lean into and learn to move with the spirit? 
That's what we're looking at today. The first, the first thing, the first thing, the, the, the foundation of leaning into and moving with the Spirit is faith. Faith. Faith is the foundation on which we move in the spirit realm because we need to believe that God actually wants to speak to us. God wants to speak to you. God wants to move through you. The Holy Spirit wants to move through you every day in your day-to-day life when you're on the bus, when you're sitting next to the person at work who has a need that you don't know about but he knows about, the Holy Spirit knows about. He wants to show you, tell you, teach you so that you can do something about it, so that you can reach out to them. When you have a decision that you think, I just have no idea what to do here, he wants to show you, teach you, tell you. He's wonderful. He wants to move through you. But he moves through people who are bold and confident. In fact, he brings boldness to our lives. Acts tells us that he makes us bold. The Holy Spirit makes us bold. Confidence to move in the Holy Spirit comes, funnily enough, by doing it. If we never start, we won't become confident. You might be sitting here today going, oh, I can't, I, I can't do that. No, you can. You can, because God wants you to be a competent minister of the Spirit. And if you start taking some steps, your confidence will grow. See, we will fail sometimes, yes, but we'll also succeed. And that's the journey of life, right? Sometimes we fail, but if we keep going. When we fail, if we get up and try again, we'll learn and grow and get better at discerning what the Spirit is doing. We just take the baby steps. If I really wanted to pro- a word from the Holy Spirit for someone. Years ago, I used to say, before I got into a, a meeting, I'd say, okay, God, you know, give me, give me something, give me something, give me something. <laughs> and he would. And I'd write it down and I'd know. And I'd, yeah. But I don't do that anymore. I go, okay, what are we doing? In the meeting, I go, where are we going? What are we doing? Who do you want to speak to? Because as you grow, as you walk, you grow, don't you, in life? God can communicate to us through impressions, through other people, through the desires and burdens of our heart, through our inspiration, through our circumstances. I remember being in a small group one time and I got this really bad pain in my shoulder while I was in the meeting. And I thought, oh, that's really annoying. Why do I have this pain in my shoulder? I haven't done anything. Until I realised it was the Holy Spirit talking to me and saying, there's someone in this room that has pain in their shoulder. You need to pray for. And when I realised that, I said, oh, is there anyone here who has pain in their shoulder they need to have prayed for? And this guy said, yes, that's me. And so we prayed for him and he got healed. God can speak through many different ways. But God will not go against his word. He won't. So to move in the spirit, we need to have a firm grasp of the word of God. The word and the spirit are in complete harmony. Complete harmony. If we don't have a firm grasp of the word of God, then we are open to deception or weirdness. 
We don't need any more weird Christians. We have enough to contend with without being weird, guys. So let's get rid of the weird. Let's stick to the same. You know what I'm saying. Or, or deception. People who don't use the word of God as their guide. I was with another Christian who's not part of our church a couple of months ago and she said, she was talking about a lady and she said, well, God, God made them sick. And I went, um, no, 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 I don't believe so. No, Jesus died for our sickness. He died for it, to heal us. People who have come to me and said, married, God told, has told us to leave our spouses so we can get together. Uh, no, no. To move in the spirit, they, they were not hearing from God. No, they weren't. To move in the spirit, we need to understand and recognize his voice. And this takes time and practice. But the good news is he will speak to you. He promises to speak to you. John 10 says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. He has a voice and he wants you to, to know what it sounds like. This is the, that's the overarching thing that we need to remember is that he wants to speak to you. He will speak to you. He will lead you. He wants to show you. He wants to answer you. When you have this ish, a thing, he wants to answer you. I remember Paul and when we were going out and uh, we were talking about getting married and then Paul and I, Paul, he went, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to get married. He didn't say it like, say it like that because he's a man. <laughs> and so he went up the mountain and prayed. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, seriously, it was just, why would he need to do that to marry me? Maybe he knew what he was getting himself in for. He was a bit afraid. Um, but he did, and he got a clear word from God. Thank you, God, for giving him that clear word. There's an example in the Bible where Elijah goes to Mount Harab, and there's an earthquake, and there's a fire, and you know, there's the wind, and, but God wasn't speaking through any of them. He was in the gentle whisper, the still, small voice. Sometimes he speaks in a gentle whisper. 1 Kings 19, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. I've had times when I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you need to come away. You need to get quiet and hear my gentle whisper. But he doesn't only speak in a gentle whisper, people. He also speaks in a loud voice. 2 Samuel 22 says, The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. When Jesus came out of the water after his baptism, there was a voice from heaven. So don't, when we're, when we're talking about hearing the voice of God, it's not about a formula that there is only one way God is going to speak to you. That is not, the important thing is to understand that he wants to speak to you. And we are his sheep, so we will recognize his voice. So faith. The second thing is, we just need to start taking some steps. Like if you just stay still, stuck, no, take some steps. When it comes to hearing and leaning into and, and discerning the voice of God, take some steps. 
Galatians 5.25 says, since we are living by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That is such a great scripture. That is the goal of the Christian, to follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Would you agree? That is the goal of the Christian. When we walk in the Spirit, we're sensitive to his guiding, we take directions, we follow his pace. We take steps. We're ready to move at any time. When your husband wakes up from a nap on a Sunday afternoon and says, hmm, God's just said that we're going, we're moving, we're moving to Sydney to go to Bible college. You go, okay, let's go on an adventure. That's a true story. That happened to us many years ago. The key to walking in the Spirit is to focus our minds on the Spirit. Romans 8 says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Having their minds set on the Spirit. When you have children, somehow, amazingly, magically, you, get, you actually recognise their cry or their voice. Like, there can be noise everywhere, but if there's a scream and it's your kid, you hear it, you know it, you're up, you're there. No matter what, and it's like that with the spirit. It's, it's having our mind set so that when... He says something, we, oh, oh, we're up, we're up, we keep our mind on God. Okay, faith, taking steps, my last point is we understand the anointing, the anointing, it's a funny word, isn't it? Let's talk about the anointing. Pastor Phil Pringle says the anointing is the key to the power of God. The anointing is a spiritual force accompanying the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do God's work. The anointing is distinct from the Holy Spirit. The anointing comes with the, the, the Holy Spirit, brings the anointing, but it's distinct from the Holy Spirit. It's like spiritual oil. It's given by the Holy Spirit and it sets people free. The Bible says that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It releases the gifts of the Holy Spirit and it helps us to do things that we would normally never do. And when, you know, when in church life, and you'll see it through the Bible, we're going to talk about one, one example in a minute, but if, if we task people with a task, we pray over them for the anointing to touch them, to equip them, to enable them to do what it is that God's asked them to do. Now, King David is a great example of someone who was prayed over and tasked with a, and he received an anointing. In fact, he received three, three anointings. Not only one, not two, but three. You may or may not know the story of, of David and how he was chosen, but he was actually forgotten and overlooked. 
He was forgotten and overlooked by his father and his family, but God had other ideas. Who's happy about that? (laughs) And God put his finger on David and chose him to be the future king. So, side note here, if, if you trust him, God will promote you when others overlook you because his plan... If his, if his plan is for you to do something, he will, he'll sort it out. And after David was chosen, he was anointed as king over Israel. Here it is, 1 Samuel 16. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. The Bible says that the anointing empowered him and it empowers us. It is divine enablement for a divine assignment. And we are severely limited in our lives without the anointing to do the task we're called to do. I'm not just talking about in church right now, people. God may have called you, and for most of the people in this room, he's called you out there. But he still has a divine assignment for you. And he still wants to equip you with the anointing to do what he's called you to do. Because it will enable you to do it. But you know what? Even after Samuel anointed David, if you look at the story of David, God sent him back to look after the sheep. To feed them. What? I thought you were anointing me to be the king. Well, he was. But then he said, go back and feed the sheep. Look after the sheep. And it happens all the time, this sort of thing, not feeding sheep, but God anointing someone, but then it taking taking time for that to outwork in their life. He gives them an anointing uh, that most of the time supersedes where they're at. An anointing that doesn't fit the current environment that they are in, and it can seem strange. But that's because... The anointing just, it continues to outwork in their life, in the living of their life, until they gradually become what was prophesied that they would be before they become who they were meant to be. That's how it works. That's how it's worked in my life. God had to kill me, basically. Not not literally. Not physically, because I'm still here. But that scripture in Galatians that says it's no longer I that live... That's an easy scripture to say, but it's not so much an easy scripture to live. Has anyone found that? It's no longer I that live. <laughs> the I is going continually, has to go. And it all starts the way that it did with David. It starts with God looking inside a person, looking at their heart and saying, oh, I know exactly what it is that I have for them to do. There are some things I need to work on. There are some things I need to change. There are some things that need to be straightened out. But you know what? There's time. Because God's never in a hurry, unfortunately. Some of you today, you have a dream, a prophecy, a promise over your life right now, a word that was spoken over you that you are waiting for it to come to pass. You might call it a destiny call. Ultimately, God, what God has destined to happen, just like it did with David, it will happen. Because God's word refuses to fail. It is God's word. If it's God's word, it will happen. He will do what he has to do to bring it about. 
Thank you, God, for that. So David goes back to fighting bears and, and serving Saul and fighting Goliath and being trained to eventually be the king of Israel. And after a time, he receives another anointing. 2 Samuel 2, Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the tribe of Judah. So Israel, just such an interesting story. It was divided into two kingdoms, and David stepped into the divided kingdom as a reconciler. God called him. And, and then he, he, that's when he began to step up into what God had showed him. And maybe you're here this morning. And you understand this situation because you have had things spoken over you years ago and you're still waiting for them to happen. Don't lose heart. David's day came and so will yours. So will yours. David went through a process. He went through some problems. He had some setbacks. He had some menial tasks. He had some giants he had to overcome. He had some jealousies. He had some betrayals. He had to hide in a cave but nothing he went through stopped him from becoming what God had promised him. In fact, all of those things he went through helped him to become what he had to be so that he could do what God had called him to do. And that's the life that we live every day. You might think, God, you've left me here in the cave. No, he hasn't. He's making you. Jesus said to his disciples, follow me and I will make you. And that's what he does for us. He makes us. I thank God for the opportunities he has given me and I thank him even more for the ones that he has not given me that I thought I was ready for, but I seriously wasn't. Thank you, God. <laughs> thank you so much. It would have killed me. His protection was always there. And that's the same for you. Finally, David receives his third anointing. You know, he was, he ruled over 40 years in Israel. Three, 33 and a half as king over Israel, seven as king over Judah. And it was three anointings until he stepped into that, that moment, that time. You know, I think, I believe, if you can come up, Gareth, that'd be great. took three. took three anointings. I believe there are people here today and you actually need a fresh anointing. You need a fresh touch. Because what you have right now, it's not, it's not enough. David needed more. We need more. In fact, I think we need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit every single day of our lives. But you might be here and you need a, t today, this morning, right now, you need a fresh touch. Some of you are fighting battles and they're battles that you can't overcome with your very smart intellect and your intellect is great and your reason is great and you're, you're smart and you're intelligent and God's given you those gifts. And maybe you can usually work your way out of things but not this time because you're in a battle and you need a fresh anointing a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit you need divine enablement 
can't do it all by yourself. It's like the 674 steps of the Eiffel Tower. That's how you live your life. God never designed us to live that way. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. By my spirit, by my spirit, says the Lord. Thank you, anoint. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you for your anointing in this place right now. The Bible says that the anointing breaks the yoke. He breaks the yoke. Some of you have a yoke that you are sitting, that's sitting on you, and it's not God's yoke. Jesus talked about a yoke but that was his yoke, that was a, it's a good yoke. But you've got another yoke sitting on you, and it's not his. Jesus. Holy Spirit, by your power right now. Thank you, God. Thank you for a new day. A new day. A new day. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, right now. Lord Jesus, for the disappointments, God, they, God, they, you deal with them right now, God, the disappointments, and you bring a new day. A new day in the name of Jesus Christ. Every burden. Lord God, Father, Father God, right now, thank you. restoration. Father, thank you for vindication. Thank you, God, that you recover what was stolen, all that was stolen, God. John, you recover everything. He recovers it all by your spirit, God, by your power. Thank you, Jesus. That what the devil meant for evil, you bring for good in John's life. You bring it for good. You change it to good, God. You change it to good. Healing in the name of Jesus right now. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. If you are here today and you need a fresh oil, I just want you to stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Father God, right now, just reach out to God. This is about you and God. Father, reach out to God. Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for every person, God, who is standing to their feet. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, right now, that your spirit would fall on them. Oh, God. God, they need you. This is not about anyone but you, Holy Spirit. Anoint them with your fresh oil. Come alongside them right now in the name of Jesus, I pray. Lord God, right now, right now, I break the power, Lord, of every everything that has come against them in Jesus' name. I thank you that your anointing breaks the yoke of bondage and it brings freedom. It brings freedom in their world. Lord, we open our hearts to you. Anoint them with fresh oil. 
some of you there are some things going on in your world God's going to show them to you this week things that you need to shut down shut off walk away from turn from because those things are allowing access to the things that are not good for you. Father, I pray that you would reveal by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Every weight, God, every weight in Jesus' name, touch them. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, God, for your freedom, for your freedom to continue to work in the lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have been waiting and trusting and believing, and you've given up hope. for a reason. Thank you, God. Okay, before I just before I finish, if you're here this morning and you've not ever made a decision to follow Jesus or you need to recommit commit your life to him today, I would love you to pray this prayer that we're going to pray together out loud. If you'd like to change that today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Forgive me for my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. I choose to live for you. Thank you that today I'm saved. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at C3 Church Watson.